welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, as we jump into today's message, I just want to take a moment to uh, give a shout out to my wife from two weeks ago. I was in India and doing some ministry there, and I put her on the spot and had her preach. I was smiling ear to ear watching her, and uh, I just want to say uh, that I just, I, I was overwhelmed with the response that you gave to me. People were texting me over and over again, and they're like, watch out, here she comes. I'm like, I'm cheering her on. Now you know why I married her, all right? And uh, I just want to say that she did an amazing job, and she's preaching next week. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, just kidding, just kidding. I wouldn't do that to her. All right. Maybe. All right. No, never. All right. Now, today, I want to let you know that this is a teaching that I did for our leaders all throughout the year. I did deacon meetings and I taught this. Uh, I taught it at the university the other day. I refined it and just changed it. It's a message that I want our whole church to hear. And uh, next week, we'll start our Christmas series. But this is a message I felt I had to give to the whole church before we closed out the year. And it's called this. It's called Moving at the Speed of Unity. Moving at the speed of unity. And I want to say this. I believe right now our country is more divided than it's ever been. I mean, it just feels like, you know, there's, we should have vision. We should have lift. We should have ideals. We should have greatness. And instead, we're fighting with each other. We're on defense. We're slow walking, you know, policy through. We're suspicious of everybody. We're second guessing. We're, we're hating each other. We're exposing people on the news. And it's just so sad to see what's going on. I want to let you know, though, this is not a political message, all right? We're going to get somewhere that applies to us. I'm just letting you know, look at the atmosphere we're living in. Look at the atmosphere we're living in. And I, I wish that every politician would watch this. I wish every team I cheer for would watch this. I wish, you know, people would watch and get the spirit and speed of unity, okay? It happens where people can fight. If you don't go very far in the Bible and you see brother turn against brother, and you see it happen later on in, in Genesis chapter 27. You see Jacob and Esau fight against each other. They break up. They're, they're, his mom comes up to Jacob and says, you've got to leave until your brother's fury subsides. Like you guys, there's no unity in our house anymore. Like I lied to my husband, your dad, and we lied to your brother, my son, and you need to leave because there's fury going on. You see that? So there's, uh, there's a breakdown. Now, what's interesting, later on in Genesis, if you know the story, Jacob has to go back and he reunites with Esau and God does something supernatural to cause Jacob and Esau to be okay with each other. And I would say this, I'm praying for something supernatural to happen with anybody that's fighting. I'm praying for something supernatural to happen in your family. And I'm thinking about families right now that are divided. I'm praying for something supernatural for you to come back together. I'm praying for our country to have something supernatural. And I'm praying for any division in our church to have a supernatural uh, restoration and coming back to one another. 
Now, I see this all the time that people are not unified. And if we're going to do what God has called us to do, we are going to need to move at the speed of unity. We have a big goal, a big vision, a big commission. Go into all the world and make disciples. You can't do that when you don't have the speed of unity. You won't go anywhere if you don't achieve that and you don't get there. Jesus said in Mark uh, 3, verse 25, he says, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Like we have a, a house that's divided and it's fighting. We need them to come together and we need to have them stand together and move forward. And the reason that unity is one of our seven values as a church is the first church that Beck and I served in, it was full of church splits. I mean, I believe that we endured four church splits in three years. That's not fun for anybody, I'm gonna tell you. We'd grow, we'd have a fight, we'd split, we'd shrink. We'd grow, we'd fight, we'd have a split. I mean, it was like you could start to predict what was gonna happen. Like, oh boy, we're growing. Here comes a fight and here comes a split. And ever since then, I kept saying, I wanna protect the unity of the church and we need to protect this as a value. But now I understand it's more than a value. It's a speed we can aspire to. We wanna go after the speed of unity. So I've looked in the Bible and I found out this, that there's a, a speed that is the speed of together. The speed of together. And that's a speed that involves walking. In Amos chapter 3, 3, the Bible says, do two walk together unless they've agreed to do so. It's interesting in today's day and age, we don't even have people walking together. We have people fighting. And what happens when they fight? They stop and they point fingers at each other. There's no movement going on because we're at each other. There's movement when we agree that this is a direction we want to go and we want to have a, a, a spirit of saying, I agree and at least I can walk. And that le many churches, many organizations, many teams don't even get to the speed of walking together. And no matter how fast you walk, how many seen the Olympics, they have that speed walker people, you know, like, I mean, it's still walking, okay? The runners are faster. All right. But thank God if we can at least get to the speed of agreement. All right. And the speed of together. But there's another speed that I see in the Bible. There's the speed of vision. There's the speed of vision in Habakkuk chapter two, verse two. It says, and the Lord answered me, write the vision down, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Isn't that interesting? When you have vision, you can move from walking speed to running speed. And interesting, when you start to cast vision and you write it down, when a leader brings vision to an organization, all of a sudden things start to happen. And I will say this, our church has moved at the speed of vision. It's very clear. We have vision around here. When I talk about where we're going now, I say we want to grow to a church of 20,000. We want to give $10 million a year to world missions. We want to have 500 missionaries sent out. We want 2,500 churches in our network so we can influence the movement. We want 1,000 churches to learn kingdom builders and give a million dollars annually, which is a billion dollars annually to the kingdom of God. That's big vision. And as I share that vision, people get excited. And because it's repeatable, they understand we're a multi-state church. We're about missions. We're generous. We love to multiply. And these things are written down. You know what happens? People come in and they can run with the vision. Our team can run with the vision. Our leaders can run with the vision. And I've learned that most churches, most organizations don't get to this level. 
They don't have vision. It's just too general. It's too vague. It's like, well, we exist and we agree to be here. No, we want to move past agreement. We want to go and move to a level that says we have vision and we can run with it. And I've learned this, if you're a leader, if you cast vision, God will send you people to fulfill the vision. It's just like they start gravitating. People that come to River Valley, they start loving missions and they get on mission with us. They get on with the vision and they start loving kingdom builders. If, they, if you weren't involved in the vision, we wouldn't be at 5.581 million for kingdom. We wouldn't be there. It wouldn't happen. There's a vision and there's something that's going that's allowing us to run together. But it's not fast enough. I believe God wants us to run at the speed of unity. And when I look at the speed of unity, it's even faster than running. It's faster than vision. It's faster than just agreeing. The speed of unity, I look at and I see it in Genesis chapter 11, where the Bible talks about the people building the Tower of Babel. And God looks down from heaven and he says, look at them. Nothing is impossible for them. Anything they want to do, they can do. The speed of unity is a speed that says nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. But there's more. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were all together in a unity. And you know what happens? All of a sudden, there's an outpouring of the power of the Holy Spirit. When you're running at the speed of unity, nothing is impossible. But additionally, there's power that comes on the church. There's power that comes on you when you move at the speed of unity. I know this, God loves the speed of unity. And in Psalm 133.1, it says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like in the speed of unity, it's beautiful. God's like, I like that. Jesus prayed for unity. Do you realize that? In John 17, of the 25 recorded prayers that we have from Jesus, one of them was about unity. And let me read it to you. He's praying, he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So that's a prayer for us, by the way. He's praying, he's like, I'm not just praying for the disciples. I'm praying for the people a long way away. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Isn't that interesting? Our unity was, it adds the credibility to the message. He says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. I believe the Trinity moves at the speed of unity. I believe that the Father says, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit's descended. Jesus is glorifying the Father. They said, Jesus says, the Father's going to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's pointing everything to Jesus. Do you understand this? This is going up. That's why there's such power. And I believe what's happened in our church over all these years is we've been moving at the speed of unity. We've been moving at the speed of unity and it's just so beautiful to see. And there's a couple things. How do you know when you're moving at the speed of unity? The first thing I tell you is you feel it. You just feel it. You feel it. It's almost like... Um, Everything is in tune and it just feels right. Everything is there and you feel it. It's just, you can't even, you just say, I feel something. I've walked into some churches and I'm like, I don't feel something, huh? Everything looks pretty, but it just, I don't feel it. I walk into other places and everything doesn't look pretty, but I feel it. You feel it. You can walk into a company and you can feel it. You can go into a family and you can feel it. There's something there. I'm fascinated by the fish swarm. Have you ever seen those fish swarms in the ocean? Like, you know, the ball of fish and they're all moving around. I was, I'm fascinated. Like, who leads the fish swarm? Yeah. 
I think they just feel it and they feel it. And they're so in tune with each other. There's such a spirit of unity. They're moving around and they're all together. That's what has to happen in our church. In John 17, which I read earlier, the unity is not an administrative or organizational unity. You know what happens that keeps us together? It's heart to heart. I love you and you love me. We are in this together. We love Jesus. And even because we love Jesus, I can't hate you. I've got to love you. And I love him and I love you. And, and we start loving each other. And there's this spirit of unity. And you know, it's amazing. This world, it's so much easier to divide than come together. So this has to be supernatural, what's going on right now. When you look around church, we have rich and poor, young and old, black and white. We have all sorts of people. We have Packers and Vikings fans. God has to be in this. He has to be in this. There has to be, it's, okay, it's a supernatural unity that demands a supernatural explanation. What seems so natural to us confounds the world. Why would you hang out with them? Because we're unified in Christ and we're moving at the speed of unity. You feel it. Another thing that you know when you have the speed of unity is I see you and I get a lift. How many know when you're unified with somebody and you see them, you're like, ah. Oh. How many know when you're not unified and you see them, you're like, oh, did they see me? Oh. Or if they see each other, you lock eyes and you get, how many know you get that stomach ache? Is it just me? You kind of get that, that surge of adrenaline when you're not in unity with somebody and you're like, oh boy, all right, fake it till you make it. All right, you know, all right. But when, I, when you're in unity, I see you and I get a lift. I love the way you greet one another at church. Hey, good to see you. Hey, great to see you. Good to see you. you know, I love that. There's a lift in the speed of unity. When we're in the speed of unity, I don't second guess you. I don't second guess leadership. I'm like, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt. If you ask for that, I'm gonna go for it. If somebody says a bad report about you, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna investigate it later, but I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt. All right? If you have the speed of unity, you know what happens? We laugh with each other and we laugh at each other. All right? It's okay, because we're unified. We laugh, all right, all right, come on. We're all close enough, we can laugh. That's what happens in the speed of unity. When a team has something funny happen and you can't laugh about it because that person's too sensitive and then three people leave the room and they, that's not the speed of unity. It's speed of unity when you can laugh in the room. All right, come on, come on, all right. All right, speed of unity, we cry with each other. First Corinthians 12, 26, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. On Saturday morning, Becca had uh, the pastor's wives together. And one of the pastor's wives said, I am struggling. I'm struggling. And they all got, Becca said, it was such a good meeting. We all cried. <laughs> it was such a good one. All right. Yeah. They, they cry together. That's the spirit of unity. In the spirit of unity, you also, not only do you feel it, you hear it. You hear it in the words, in the tone, in the body. Matthew 12, 34, second part of the verse says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You will hear unity. You will hear the right phrases. You will hear the things being said. You will hear it and you'll say, I, I, I'm in place where there is unity. When you're in the spirit of unity, you know what happens and you're moving at the speed of unity. You do more together than you ever could do alone. You do way more together. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 talks about like, you know, so I feel sorry for the person that falls down that's by themselves. They don't have anybody to be unified. But if they have someone else that's there, if they fall down, they have somebody that can pick them up. They have somebody that will unify. They have somebody that will take care of them. There's a speed of unity going on. And it says a threefold cord later on is not easily broken. There's something going on when there's unity together. There's a greater strength that's there. 
Two leaders from the Kellogg Graduate School and from Wharton, uh, they did a study and they measured the, effect of, uh, the effectiveness of unity on productivity. Here's what they found. They've put one group together of all people that liked each other and had unity. And then they had another group that they randomly put together. They found out that the group that liked each other outperformed the other group by 20% on mundane tasks. Okay? So on mundane tasks, they outperformed them by 20%. On difficult tasks, they outperformed the other group by 70%. We have a difficult task here. We have to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We need that extra 70% on the difficult task. We need the speed of unity to fill our church, to fill all the churches, and so that we can come together and do this and have the higher level of productivity. I mean, now here's the thing. In any group of people, there are key people that protect the unity, all right? There are key people that if they're not together, the rest of the group is in trouble. Did you know that? All right, let me ask. How many people are musical? Here at all of our campuses, raise your hand. If you're musical in any degree, all right, you're sheepish. All right, uh, all right musical, all right. If you're musical, uh, I'll give you a hint. There's two people that keep a group together and one of them holds these, all right? If you have a band and it's gonna stay together, they better have a drummer that can stay in unity with what other instrument? Anybody know? The bass, I heard it loud and clear. Some of you that didn't know that, you just learned this lesson. The drummer and the bass have to be together. At most of our campuses, the drummer and the bass are actually right close to each other. They have to make eye contact. They have to be in the pocket together. When they're in the pocket together and they're in the band together right there on point, all of a sudden the rest of the band sounds better. The rest of the band is, is good because the two of them are in the pocket together, all right? Now I'm gonna give you one of these right here. I want to throw it to you so I won't poke your eyes out. All right, two, you got the spirit of unity on you, all right? The, the drummer and the bass, and I want to say this to every person here in the church. I, I now put you, you're a drummer or a bass, all right? You're a drummer or a bass player. Now don't jump up on the stage, but you get the point, all right? You're a drummer or a bass player. I need you to protect the unity. I need you to step up to the calling of saying, I will be a key person. You say, well, I'm not a key person right now, but you are for where we're going. If we're gonna reach 20,000, if we're gonna reach 500 missionaries, I need you to say, I am now a bass player. I am now a drummer. I will protect the unity of this church. We need that from you, all right? Now there's other people, the coach and the captain in a team, they have to be on the same page. I read the book Above the Line with Urban Meyer and he talked about his team was floundering and his captains came into him and they said, coach, it's no good. You're too hard on us. You're too this, you're too that. We're not going to do it. And he looked at him and he said, no, you're out of step with me. And he said, and the day you get in step with me as the coach and the captain gets in step with the coach, this team will become a championship team. You either live up to the sea that's on your chest or take it off and get out of here. And after that, they left and said, we will live up to the sea that is on our chest. We will come in alignment with our, with our coach. And you know what happened? Then they went on to win a national championship. When the coach and the captain protect the unity, the president and the vice president had to better be in unity. And it'd be a miracle if the president, the Senate, and the House would be in unity. How many know what I'm talking about? Like we, we intentionally vote for a divided government. Like we're like, we want you guys to hate each other. I don't know why we do that, all right? 
Our government is so bad, it's like watching a first grade symphony. How many know what I'm talking about? It's like, I turn on the news. Oh, good night. It's terrible. There's more hope for the first grade symphony than our government right now. I mean, that's what it feels like. Prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting, all right. How to protect the unity. How are we gonna protect it as a church? How are we gonna protect it? Number one, we are gonna speak life. We are gonna speak life. Proverbs 16, 28 says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Troublemakers are using their mouth to, to create strife in the organization or the church or the team or they're planning gossip and we're gonna speak life. We are gonna be positive. We are, and it doesn't mean that we can't speak up. I want people to speak up when it's input time but once input time is over, let's go. Let's run the play. But you know what we love to do in our, in our church, our country, our, just who we are? We love to be silent when we should be speaking up. And then we leave the meeting and we speak out. That just creates division. That's a person who plants seeds of strife. A person that's a team player that wants to protect the unity says, hey, is this the best idea? Is this really what we should do? All right, let's run the play. I'll run the play. I'll go run the play with you and I'll do that. So I tell people all the time, let's speak up, not out. Speak up to authority so that you can change it. All right, here's another thing. If we're gonna protect the unity, all right, we're gonna have to forgive quickly. We're gonna have to forgive quickly because we are not perfect. Colossians 3, 13 says, be even tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and as completely as the master forgave you. You have to forgive quickly. You have to do that. We just, and forgive and re-forgive and forgive and re-forgive. Another thing, if we're gonna protect the unity, we're gonna have to honor in all directions. Honor up, over, down. It's not honor if you only honor your authority. It's honor when I honor you because you're my peer. It's honor when I honor you because you are serving. It's honor in all directions. Romans 12, 10 says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. That protects the unity. We should be so grateful. Thank you for taking care of the donuts and coffee at church. Thank you for watching the kids. Hey, thank you for greeting. Thank you for parking the car. Thank you for, hey, we should be honoring in every direction, every single, all the time. When you go to the restaurant, thank you for serving. Thank you for cleaning the place. Thank you. We should be honoring in every direction. That protects the unity. Another thing we need to do is follow the prompts. What do I mean that? John 16, 28 talks about the Holy Spirit convicting us of our sin. And the Holy Spirit gives us those prompt moments. Remember I talked about like you feel a lift or you feel that like, ooh, some of that is a Holy Spirit prompt. You need to fix that. You need to reconcile. You need to go and ask for forgiveness. You need to follow those prompts and say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move and do that. And it's not just the bad things, it's also the good things. Sometimes you, somebody gives you a great idea and then it works at, at work. You know, you're at work and all of a sudden that great idea works and you need to say, who helped you? Don't hog the glory. Say, hey, they get the assist. I think about John Wooden, one of the greatest coaches in basketball at UCLA. He said to his team, whenever someone throws you the ball and gets an assist and then you make a basket, look at them and thank them. And somebody said, how will I know if they're looking? He said, they'll be looking. <laughs> they'll be looking. Hey, we're going to follow the prompts. And we're gonna, if anything, we grieve, we're going to just make it right. And anything that we need to share, we're going to share with other people, which helps me with another one. It's a, if we're going to protect the unity, we're going to celebrate one another. We're going to celebrate one another. 
I mean, I'm just going to celebrate anything good you're doing. I'm celebrating. I'm excited. We're on the same team. I'm celebrating the good that you do. I mean, we're going to share the glory. We're going to share the stage. We're going to share the credit. We're going to share the wins. And I, I have this up there. I don't know if you caught it earlier and when I came over to get the drumsticks, but I just want to show you something that we do at, at our church. This is for our staff. Um, we, we have a peer-to-peer trophy that goes to one of our staffers. Right now, Kaylee Schmidt has it. She's one of our designers. And uh, Ben Cruz gave it to her. But it was, it was an idea of like, let's honor a staff member and let's have staff member share the credit with another staff member. And each staff meeting, this is like our grand finale. Now, you're wondering what trophy it is. It's, it's third place charity tournament bowling trophy right here. <laughs> It was when they opened the Brunswick Zone in Lakeville. We went and our church won third place. All right. And uh, it was in the storage room. It was just sitting there. And I said one day, let's take that thing and let's make it a peer-to-peer trophy. And so now we hand out the bowling trophy. And it's really big because apparently bowlers have esteem issues. All right, buddy. Uh, it's like, I don't know. You know, it's like, but it even has the legend of the trophy. All right. But you know what? When this happens, the whole team goes crazy. And the person gets a standing ovation because we're sharing the credit and it builds the spirit of unity. And maybe your workplace needs a bowling trophy. Maybe, you know, your community group needs one. There's something that you can share. Ephesians 4, 2 and 3, listen to this. It says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Isn't that amazing? The church called this the sacred oneness. And Paul says, let's protect this sacred oneness. What does it require to protect it, uh, to protect it? Humility, gentleness, patience, love, effort equals unity. That has to be supernatural. In a world that is so self-absorbed, God is telling us to be humble, to be gentle, to be patient, to love, to put in effort, to take the spotlight off yourself and to say, to God be the glory. We're on the team. We're going to protect this unity. We're going to do whatever we can do. And it's just amazing in a society that's filled with likes and follows and credibility, instant, like, follow me. We're saying, God, I want to die to myself. And I want to say, Lord, to you be the glory. I want to protect the unity so we can run faster couple more things. Put more of yourself in. If you want to protect the unity, if you want to protect the unity around our church, you put more of yourself in. You get in a life group. You go through Next. You go through Alpha. You go through Freedom. You go on a global team. You put more of yourself in. You become a kingdom builder. You put more of yourself in. Your time, your money, your gifting. As you do that, you become more unified. With that, I'll say this. You wear the uniform. I love this about the Olympics. When the Olympics are started, the United States team will walk in and they will all have some really cool uh, track outfit that we'd all like to have, right? And it's like they walk in and the gymnasts are walking and the basketball team's walking in and the track team's walking in, the weightlifters are walking in, the swimming team, and they're all wearing the same uniform. They're wearing the uniform. Then they break and they go to the different villages and they go and run their events, but they walk in together wearing the same uniform. Man, we wear the uniform of Jesus Christ and we give him the glory and the honor. And then locally we say, hey, we're part of River Valley Church. We're going to wear that uniform. One church, multiple locations, and I'm cheering you on. And I, I always love it in the Olympics, like when the gymnastics is done and then they're over and they're cheering the swimmers. And then when they're done and then they're cheering the basketball team and they're all in there together. And then they walk out in the closing ceremonies wearing the uniform again. Yeah. We did this. Yeah. We did this. 
At the end of the day, you know, years and years and years from now, no one will remember, whoever pastor was ever, but they'll say the name of Jesus was lifted up. We're wearing his uniform, and right now he's asking us to wear a church uniform, one church, multiple locations. I've said this a little bit, but I'll just say it again. Support leadership. Man, you support them and you stand with them. You stay in the flow. You know what? That's a good one. Stay in the flow. You want to protect unity? Stay in the flow. Which disciple was not believing that Jesus had risen from the dead? Not a trick question. Thomas, all right? Thomas. Why? He was not in the flow. The rest of them were all together and they all saw Jesus. They're like, he's risen. He's risen. He's alive. And Thomas like, I don't believe it. Unless I see him and touch him, I'm not going to believe it. And they're like, he's out of step, you know? And they've got to go in unity for the Great Commission. And they've got a key player that's like, I don't believe it. So what does Jesus have to do? He shows up. Thomas, it's I, right here. Touch my hands. See the side. And he brings him into the spirit of unity. He's like, my Lord and my God. And then he goes to India and brings the gospel of Jesus Christ. Man, you got to stay in the flow. We have events and things going on. Don't try to opt out. Don't try to do it. Get in the flow as much as you can. All right? And with that, commit to inside time and outside time. Man, if you come to just church and then you never are with the other people in this body, you will not protect the unity. But when you're here and you're like, let's go to lunch. When you're here, let's be in a life group. Hey, let's go serve. And you inside, outside time. Last thing is pray for the unity. Jesus prayed in John 17 for unity. And if he prayed for unity, we should pray for unity. And if we do all these things, I believe that nothing is impossible. I believe we're going to have a church that's going to reach 20,000 people, that's going to have 10 million missions, that's going to have 500 missionaries sent out. It's going to have 2,500 churches in our network that we're coaching and helping to expand because we're not the only church. We want other churches to do great things. And a thousand churches giving a million dollars to Kingdom Builders, which would be a billion dollars annually to the Kingdom of God every year above and beyond the tithe. I mean, those are things we could give our life to and say, God, let's do that. And when we get there, let's revision again and dream up even bigger things. But if we do that, I believe that if we will stay in the spirit of unity and move at the speed of unity, we'll move at our God gear. And what's our God gear? I wrote this down. Moving in your God gear is using your gifts in such an aligned and unified, right fit way that the speed you move at has a supernatural level to it. Using your gifts in such an aligned and unified, right fit way that the speed you move at has a supernatural level to it. I pray that. I pray that we'd protect the unity, we'd go after this, and we believe that we will run as a church at the speed of unity. So God, I pray right now, we are a multi-site church. There's people all over listening to this sermon and, and hearing this prayer right now, but God, make us one. Make us one. Help us to be unified. Matter of fact, right now, to the whole church, right now, could you do this? Could you grab the hand of the person next to you? I don't want to pray anymore without you holding the hand. Now, some of you say it's awkward. It's okay. I want us to be unified. You can't preach about unity and not have people holding hands with somebody. Come on. Lord, help us to be unified. Help us to realize these are our brothers and sisters. These are the people you've called us to do life with. These are the people that we get to be unified with. And so, God, I pray that we'd move forward at the speed of unity. Vision's not good enough. We want to move at the speed of unity. And so, God, I pray that we'd do something supernatural, that we'd have to give you the glory and the honor and praise, that people would look and say, how come they love each other? How come they care? It's because there's a spirit of unity resting on that church. Now, bless us, God, as we move forward and help our country even. We just intercede for just a moment. Help us to move at the speed of unity. 
how amazing would it be if our country could actually get united and really be a beacon of light to this world and really be like a city on a hill and really be a place that brings freedom around the world and life and hope. So God, we pray for our country, we pray for our church, and as much as it depends on us, help us to be at peace with everyone and pursue unity. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.